Devo. Here we are. We are on the road. This is the first ever mobile. How do we classify this? I feel like it can be our our like you know how. All right, I'm gonna get biblical. You know how Paul had his prison letters. Yeah. You know, like this is these are like our car letter, our car episodes. Oh my goodness. I'm not saying that this is prison with you. Uh, we are on 83 North, heading up to. Uh, well, we're already in Pennsylvania. You know what I was thinking? I most people that listen to this are probably in their car, so this is the first time we've really like been in the car with them. Ah, yeah. Incarnation. Yeah. So, uh, so we can like car. say. <laughs> we can say, we can make the disclaimer that the sounds, yeah. uh, the wiper blades, the trucks and cars, the screeching of my bra- of my brakes. This is all part of. This is an immersive experience. Yeah, and we have um, with a never-ending assortment of dad jokes. Yes. In the back seat is Pastor Mitch. Hey, what's Mitch. up? Yeah. Thanks Dave, for, Dave thanks for, thanks for waking me up, guys. Yeah. <laughs> of course, my neck's a little sore from all that braking, Dave. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, my I, goodness. I am driving in a snowstorm, a nor'easter. It is. It is a snowstorm. Yeah. So, if if that if that accounts for any uh, anything. So, we are heading up to... What's, college. What, what's the name of Clark college? Summit University. Clark Summit University. CSU. Yeah. Yo, we should talk about this. We should push the podcast when we get there. Be like, hey, if you want to hear about what we are thinking about on our way to you, uh huh. Check out the podcast. Or I don't want to send this in the dark direction, but if we die in route, <laughs> this would be the last. This would be the I last. I love you, Donna. <laughs> I love you, Donna. Yeah. This you would be the last. Yeah, this would be the last produced work of our hands that we submit. So if you find this, post. Mortem. Mortem. Uh, we would like for you to release it. Go ahead and release it. We authorize permission. Yeah. This is the highest risk podcast we've ever we've ever done. This may be the highest risk podcast ever done, uh, out of all of out of anyone. Yeah. That has ever made podcasts. We should be on a Guinness Book uh, World Record. There. Dave. So. Um, you know, I was thinking about Guinness Book of World Records uh, not too long ago because I really want to have an event that involves the largest non-Newtonian fluid pool ever created. Could you, know, you tell could you tell me what that means exactly? So have you ever uh, as a kid you do this craft where you put cornstarch and mix it with water and it creates this fluid called oobleck. I, I don't know who named it that, but it's called oobleck and if you handle the if you handle the fluid then it becomes a solid but once you stop moving once the energy turns uh, potential and not connect I don't know what I'm talking about anymore <laughs> once you stop moving then it becomes a liquid and it seeps through your fingers so as long as it's actively engaged then it is a solid but oh. once it's passive then it becomes a liquid so if we create for like an event or something the the largest Oobleck or non-Newtonian fluid pool ever. You could you could like play soccer on top of it. You could run across it, and as long as you're moving, then you can be on top. But once you on stop moving, then you sink down into it. However, after initial research, we would need for a like I don't know four by eight pool that's two feet deep, literally a ton, two thousand pounds worth of cornstarch. So. 
I don't know what the record is for how cornstarch, big. Cornstarch is pretty cheap, though. It's uh, again the for a fifty-pound bag, it's twenty bucks. I, not twenty bucks. It's got to be more than maybe it's forty bucks. But it was somewhere between twenty to forty dollars for a fifty-pound bag. So we're talking hundreds and thousands, not hundreds of thousands, but hundreds into thousands of dollars, depending on how big we, we want this non-Newtonian fluid pool. But I think it'll be a pretty awesome event. And that, so, I mean, is that the only, like, foreseeable Guinness World Record that you think you can... No, they're Guinness books, they're world records for everything. That was just one that I thought would be um, worth publicizing. What's a, what's a legit Guinness record that you think you might have a chance at topping? I think I could prop. What's the record for longest ping pong match? I think I could play ping pong for a long time. You think you could hit for a long time? Yeah. What's what, like volley, longest volley? Ping pong volley? World record yeah. ping pong round. That would be too. Right. I'm not, I'm not the partner for that because my ping pong <clears throat> game is completely unpredictable. Okay, my friend Google says on March 23rd, 2014. Table Tennis Daily's Daniel Ives and Father Peter Ives broke the world record for the longest table tennis rally. The duo achieved 8 hours, 40 minutes, oh. and 10 seconds. No chance you're breaking, breaking the that. world record. I could do that. You couldn't ping pong volley for over 8 hours. Yeah, I think I can. I don't know about that. That's pretty extreme. Dave, can you stand for 8 hours? <laughs> Probably not. Oh, don't miss the turn here. Yeah, you gotta get off to here. A, about to pull a dumb and dumber. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going on up there? Who <laughs> black? Who black? Uh, gonna drive all night in the wrong direction. I always pictured the Rocky Mountains being a bit more rocky. <laughs> Eventually, you'd be going in the right direction, though. Eventually. Eventually. Once you cross an ocean or two. Ocean. Oh, gosh. Dave, seriously though, I think I could like, break this record. Uh, so my friend uh, Noah, who is my, he's my ping pong Padawan. Okay. Uh, he has never defeated me before. That's a bold claim. I am his. Would he say the same thing? Yes, he would. Right. He'd have to. I'm like his mentor. I'm like his table tennis mentor. Would he say the same thing? No. And I think I think him and I, I would trust him enough. Matter of fact, I'm going to text him right now. See if you guys can commit a day or two to, to trying to break that record. Let's say you get to seven hours, seven and a half hours. Somebody, oh, I'd be too nervous. Somebody biffs it. <laughs> it goes goes wide. Do you restart immediately, or do you need days to recover? I don't know. I'm going to call Noah. Hey, if it's Noah, tell him he still owes me 20 bucks from Warrior Dash when I covered <laughs> his meal afterwards. Not to mention having to shampoo the inside of my car when he was done. Oh, after, yeah, after an adventure race like that, yes, you gotta kiss the cleanliness of your car, throw the clothes away, all of it's gone. This is our first live phone call. He's not gonna pick He's up, not gonna of course. Pick up. He's at work. Or trying to drive in a snowstorm like we are. Probably sleeping. You have reached the voicemail box of oh, four don't, one. Oh, don't zero. put his phone number. Oh. Oh. <laughs> he was Good about call. to get flooded with phone calls. 
Uh, we know you listeners would want to call him immediately. We would probably encourage it if uh, if that number had slipped through. Dave, I wasn't even paying attention. That's all right. I got gotcha. you. All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll give a follow up on that later. Yeah. Guinness Book of World Records, maybe most. Uh, um, I, I I really don't know. I'm not. It would have to be something really simple that nobody's just nobody's thought of. Not that it, I'm extraordinarily good at it. Just that nobody's even thought to break a record or set a record. So, Dave, I think that that. I think I can do this. Eight hours and 40 minutes. So basically, we'd have to shoot for nine hours. Yeah. Well, practice up. Dust off the old paddle. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute. I'm out of shape. Yeah, I can Gotta get it together. So, Dave, it's been, uh, oh, a little over a month since our last podcast. We've been running on, like, all over the place, kind of yeah. in separate directions the past month. Yeah, I, so uh, it's, it's good to get back in the... Uh, in the groove here. Yeah, I went on vacation. I was in Florida nice. for a while. I don't even know if, like, the last time we recorded was even before the ski trip. Like, yeah, you were away out on the West Coast. Where was I? Oh, I went to Seattle, yeah. Yeah, you remember that? It was like two weeks. I forgot already. Well, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. And, I, uh, I haven't asked you about the Seattle trip much at all. So, I mean, whenever I go anywhere, it's like my top priority is eat to eat good food. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, like certain chefs or restaurants, they like become YouTube famous. Like, you know, they get covered and sure. Video goes viral. So I went to this uh, this little restaurant, a small restaurant, like maybe a 20 top, like it seats you know, like 20 tables in it, you know, like very small, maybe even less than that. But this, uh, this, this, this woman makes soba noodles. I don't know what a soba noodle is. It's like, uh, soba is like, (laughs) it's like grain. And, uh, you use that with like flour to make noodles. And, uh, she makes it by hand. It's like an art. Hmm. And, uh, she got coverage... Um, I think her restaurant got like, you know, one of the best places to eat. That's cool. last year, and she's been featured on like you know different YouTube. Is it an American channels. food? Like, no, it's Japanese. Japanese, okay. So it's like a soup. Nice. So we went and, um, you know, it's just like hard to get in. So we go like kind of like we're like there an hour early and we like line up outside. Oh, that's cool. You didn't I'll have to, set, like, act like you were somebody else and take their reservation? No. It wasn't that drastic, but it could have been, easily. Uh, I'm going to post a picture of that on the website, DanteShepard.com, and you can see... I'll put a, video, a link to the video, too. Nice. Uh, yeah, so that was, that was pretty memorable. And uh, I saw Hamilton, the tour. Oh, nice. It was at the Paramount Theater. Paramount, Paramount. Oh, it was so Was it as good as... As you hoped it would be? It was. Did you hear... You know what? I don't want to divert the conversation. You know what's funny? I... So I've been listening to the soundtrack for so long, and how I pictured things happening in my head... Yeah. ...is how it happened. Oh, that's cool. It was crazy. Like, I was like, oh, this is how I imagined it would be. Did you see that the the guy who wrote the Hamilton score, score, what's his name? 
Lin-Manuel. Miranda. So he and Weird Al Yankovic were on Jimmy Fallon because Weird Al uh-huh. did a Hamilton album mm-hmm. and when apparently Lin Lin who? Sorry. Manuel. Yep. He and Weird Al are friends and when Lin heard the songs he cried because he was so honored that Weird Al would parody his songs. That's cool. Can we can we can we just can we stop? <laughs> can can we how you do got, we get Weird Al to to stop You guys haven't music? seen Dante's face the whole time I was talking. <laughs> he was waiting to just roast him. Well, that's why he was crying. Oh, because man. Weird Al sang his stuff. Man, really, that's why he cried. Who buys Weird Al? Ra- who downloads his songs? How is he songs? that famous? What? You know he's Weird a three-time Grammy constantly, winner. Constantly, constantly famous. Yeah. Weird people do it. Weird people, but he—he's on the bo- Billboard charts with his Hamilton parody. That's he not fair. No. Polka Hamilton. He's on the yeah. He's Hamilton. he's on the Billboard charts with this thing. Oh, Ooh, he just more passed right. an accident. Accident to the right. This is action movie, guys. This is an action podcast now. Action. I wonder. Dude, front car was the front end of his car was smashed in. Brutal. Seriously though, how do we get Weird Al to stop making music? If if anybody listening to this loves Weird Al, can you text us? Yeah, like, please. No matter when you're listening to this, it's please. always good to get texts from you guys. Just you, you saying you're listening to the podcast. But if you love Weird Al or if you hate Weird Al, at any point in the future, just text us and be a part of this conversation because clearly five years down the road Weird Al will still be still be around so uh, don't don't hesitate to get your your two cents in this one ugh I just I don't know I guess I guess I have respect for anyone that does something at a high level and 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 you can you can go ahead and include him in the in the sense that like he's won Grammys. Nobody does parodies at the level of Weird Al. I don't oh. think anybody else does parodies. Right? Either. Nobody else wants yeah, to do no, parodies. No, right? They do. They do. Yeah. Hmm. So Hamilton was awesome to see. Live. Anyway, yeah, it was it was it was great. A dream come true. Awesome. Um, it was nice. So yeah, Seattle was great. I love the diversity of Seattle. Like the, uh, you can go and get anything to eat, you know? 81 North, right guys? Yes. Right. Yes. And like you, you hit the highway and then above the tree line, you see a mountain range, snow-capped mountains. That's and I'm awesome. like, you guys see this all the time? Right. It's crazy. That's really cool. So yeah, just not used to things like that. It's very nice, very beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah, when I was out in Portland a couple years ago, being all through the Columbia River Gorge hiking and going to Mount St. Helens and going through volcano tubes and up to peaks and all these things, that area is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, like they say, like in Washington, you can go 100 miles in either direction, direction and be in a different like ecosystem. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like they got rainforests, they got, you know... Tundra? Tundra. Where's, yes, where's cool. that you're talking about? Uh, Washington. Um, Seattle. They got rainforests in Washington? Yep. Not just a rainforest cafe. No. <laughs> Are those still around? 
Rainforest cafes? Please say they are. Yeah, I think you can buy them on eBay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's go to a Rainforest cafe. Hey, uh, Pastor Mitch, what's the uh, what's the last thing you cooked? The last thing I cooked was eggs. How did my, you prepare those suckers? I prepare them using heat in a pan. <laughs> oh, I, so you, I particularly prefer scrambled. Nice. Because uh-huh. I don't like the eyeballs looking at me, you know, the fried ones. And they come from our chickens. Oh. We have we have chickens at our house, not in our house. But do you notice a difference in the taste of yeah. eggs because they're from your backyard rather than from the store? Or is it an egg is an egg, whatever? No, I I taste I can taste the difference. You can? I can, yes. And That's many awesome. other people say the same thing. Yeah. Huh. And it's a good difference. It's like toward the positive, not like yeah. uh, this doesn't taste good. How many uh, how many like cumulative hours a week would you say does it take to care for how many chickens do you guys well, have? Well, first of all, I I don't care for them. I pay. Yeah, for yeah. Them yeah. Let's care. just say you did though. Like how? Well, because Donna does. She probably spends um, thirty minutes a day. Probably about mm, four hours a week, maybe. Oh, that's maybe not a little cheap. more because she cleans out, you know, the coop. I'm that's sorry, cool. I was texting. What did you say? Four hours a week. Yeah, maybe four hours a week. That's a long time. That's a that's a big commitment. It's a commitment. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, but they're more than just animals to her. They're yeah. they actually have names. Oh, she's named them. She's named them. Yeah, that's a commitment. So there. there's three white hens and three red hens, mm-hmm. and she's named them after old television characters. There's, there's Lucy and Ethel. Obviously, Lucy nice. is the redhead one. Love yes. It. There is Ginger and Marianne. Ooh. Uh, uh, Ginger is the redhead one. Hold on, time one. out. Yep. Yes. Dave, Ginger, or Marianne, which one are you? Uh, Ooh, it depends the day. Oh, my gosh. It's always Marianne, you know. Uh, anyway. And then there's Mrs. Howell. Ah, uh, nice. And she actually uh-huh. is, like, the, the bigger one and kind of rules the <laughs> nice. roost. And then there's Gina Davis. Oh, yeah, Gina Davis. I love me some Gina Davis. Yeah. Gina Davis. So. Why is Gina Davis so underrated? Have you seen her act? Ooh. <laughs> no. Oh, was that that was movie right. she was in. Uh, I'm like, really? I'm going to kick you out of your own car. What? Uh, no, Gina Davis. Um, is have you seen a movie with Tom she, Hanks that was really what's good? What's the movie? Speech uh, no, it's never been... The Long, Long Kiss, Kiss Goodnight. Good I was oh, going yeah, to say Never Been yeah, Kissed. Long Kiss Goodnight. She, she broke the neck of a deer. Yeah. You remember that? Put it out of its misery. It that created a bucket list item for me to break the neck of a deer with my bare hands. Yeah. That's arguably the best action movie ever made. Okay, and then the Tom Hanks movie you're talking about is A League of Their Own, which is probably the best movie uh, ever made. No, she was also in a different one. Um, maybe it wasn't Tom Hanks. They were both speechwriters. Uh, but League of Their Own is great because, yeah. you know, there's no crying in baseball. That, there's, a great one. It's hard to have a more recognizable phrase from yeah. a movie than there's no crying in baseball. Such a great movie. Yeah. Um, and as a, as a, as a father of a, of a girl, you know, just, just a movie about women playing ball and, yeah. and, 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 like, Asserting themselves as like integral f- fabric of the country, and like they can do, they can be the caretaker of the household and play ball. Yeah, it's so inspiring. Kit wasn't the, the Kit sister. Was the, the sister. The sister. Yeah. Yeah. Gina wasn't she the catcher? 
Yeah, yes, she, she was. Kind of sure. You know, Dottie I, Henson. I, I heard Tom Hanks, Hanks on an interview. That was shot. A lot of that was shot out in Indiana, in these small oh. towns. And um, he said, "There's a Dairy Queen on every corner," and he gained like 20 pounds. Right. <laughs> he was hit, there was nothing to do. He's hitting the Dairy Queen. Yeah. It's just stuff I know that I don't need to know, and I don't. But yeah, you're, stuff I do need to know. You're a movie guy, though, right? Like, well, you love a it good runs comedy. In my family, so I have had watched a lot of movies. So, so what? What are the top comedy movies? Your go-to oh, that man. you probably could quote the whole thing. Oh, I you can't. love watching the, you know, love watching it over and over. What's your, what well, are your go-tos? Here's the thing: I, I don't watch movies over and over again very much. Very rarely. Very rarely. So. I don't know that I have a go-to comedy. Alright. Um, well, here's another one of our speed round questions that we ask our guests. Speed round, okay. What's the movie, what movie did you cry the hardest on? Or or just what's something, what's a memorable cry you had on? Oh, man. Memorable cry. For example, I cried in three different scenes in Men of Honor, Cuba Gooding Jr. That's great. Three different times I cried in that movie. That's an intense movie. That's There's some really intense moments. I, I like epic movies uh, that are time pieces. Yeah. So if there's something historical. So you remember the um, Mel Gibson movie, The Patriot? Yeah. Yes. I went and saw that in the movies with my dad. And there's some scenes on there. There's one scene where the son, the young boy gets killed. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I, I shed a tear or two during that scene. Yeah. Because, you know, being a father of a dad, probably maybe even three tears. It's a three-tier one, movie. One for it's each It's not a one-tier movie. It was a three-tier movie. One for each boy. You know, now, obviously, you know, This Is Us, you know, that trumps all, all those. That, Do you watch This Is Us? Kleenex you for my wife. Every yeah. week? Are you... Yeah, yeah. Okay. We, we try to keep up, you know, try to be culturally relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I haven't seen any episodes. I'm out of it. Oh. I haven't seen any either, but, like, from what I hear, everyone... You, you guys would like it a lot. That's yeah, I'm cool. thinking about getting into it. I, I used to watch that TV show Parenthood. Yeah. And it was... I feel like they're the same kind of show, and Parenthood was too emotionally stressful for me to watch. Like, when I was ready to just watch a TV show at the end of the day, I needed to build my emotional stamina up to watch that, that TV <laughs> show. And so I, I, I cut out after maybe the second season. Watch it, watch it, watch it! Good. Hit the brakes! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I was trying to draw up and see. Action You're right, podcast. you don't have emotions. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I cauterized those nerves a long time but ago. But the thing is with This Is Us, there's actually some really funny parts in it too. Yeah. There really are. It's not all heavy stuff. That's good. That's good. That balance is good. Yeah, yeah. balance is good. Tai Chi, yeah. Hey, um, Tai Chi-ish. Uh, okay, so maybe let me know what you guys think of this. I have this friend, right? <laughs> sure, and, uh, sure, Dante. <laughs> I thought you had like three friends. Right. You have like three tiers of friends. <laughs> okay, um, your friend, go for it. Oh, yeah, so I have this friend, right? And uh, I was talking, like, I, w- I was having this thing, this gathering, right? And I was like, hey, are you coming on Saturday or whenever it was? And they were like, uh, yeah, I, I think I might. I, I'm just not sure yet. And I was like, oh, what's up? What, you got something going on? He's like, well, my girlfriend 
has been super busy with schoolwork. And we were going to come together. And... But if she is still working on this big paper she has, you know, like if she gets enough done before the end of the week, we'll be good to go. But if she's still working on it come Saturday, I don't think I'm going to make it. So then I go, okay, so you're not actually doing the schoolwork or have any other engagement. Like she's the one that's got that. So I was like, I was like, you think you need to just stay where she is while she does that and not go out? Like bask in her aura or something like that. I was, so yeah, I was she's, like, she's in front of a book or yeah. a computer I was like, studying, writing a paper. I was like, you think she, was like, you think she wants you to not go? Because she's working? Like, I was like, what do you guys think? Would you... Well, okay, what so is you, the answer to that question, though? Because, you know, if he's going to have to pay for, for going without her... That's... Well, that's my question. Is that... Am, am I being insensitive for thinking, like... That's just a clear, that's like a closed case. Like, she's busy, you're not, you come. So clearly there was a time in the past when she had a paper to do and he was out having fun and she was stuck home writing the paper, doing the project, studying. And it created an issue in their relationship because he was out having fun and she was home bored. Misery loves company and she wanted him to be miserable. With her. So you're saying, like, that had to have played out that way in order for this... That's not a first-time uh, decision on his part. He got burned Probably before. Not. I, I would tend to agree with Dr. Heiliger on that <laughs> one. Um, but really, the whole situation could have been avoided if he wouldn't have given you so much information. To, <laughs> it's like, hey, let me see. And, and the reality is she's more important to him than you. And you just need to get over that. No, I mean, <laughs> no, there's some truth in that. I like, I like where you're going. Keep no, going, keep going. Seriously, you know, you know, I have this whole thing about. Don't laugh at me. There's like three tiers of commitments, right? Three tiered commitments. There really yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. So a probable commitment says, yeah, maybe I'll be there, you know. But you don't count on somebody who just says, yeah, I'm going to make a probable commitment. Then there's a prior commitment where you're like, yeah, I'll be there, and it goes on your calendar, which is what you were looking for from him. You were looking for a commitment, not a probable one. You were looking for a, pri- a priority, excuse me, a prior commitment, right? And so... I'm going to let you finish. But the, only th- the only time that gets trumped is when there's a priority commitment. And that could be a relationship that's very important to the person. And so, so I think he was making a priority commitment over a prior commitment decision. Uh-huh. Now, there's a... The problem comes in when you are constantly making priority commitments that trump your prior commitments. That's because you're not thinking ahead. And so you're creating disappointment for everyone. What time is it? Uh, It's 3.58. No further questions. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. All right, so... uh... There's, there's like, there, there's a good handful of things I care about. However, there's, there's also a huge, huge, huge list of things I don't care about. Yes. Now, 
<laughs> I don't mean I don't. I'm not trying to be mean or or. I'm not. I'm just being honest. There's a lot of things I don't care about. So. I thought it would have been nice for this person to come. Mm-hmm. But if they didn't weren't gonna make it, I wouldn't care. It's not that big of a deal to me. Um, I got you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. I don't I don't care. I just, like I just I just I just wanted to like the date you wanted Dave to come. Yeah, yeah. That would have really mattered. <laughs> well, and he wasn't the only one you were counting on being there. Yeah, but if no one showed up, I'd have been like, I would have still made the best out of it. Okay. That's just how I am. But like I purely and genuinely wanted to know like is that a thing in your relationship like if my wife is busy with something she almost does this too much where she's like ah, i can't you just go like she does she she actually does that a lot and i'm like no i want you to be with me like i'm like right. trying to get her to come with like so i'm like yeah i just thought it was definitely well definitely different than how you know my relationship is I'm not trying to impose On anyone else's right, right. Dynamic yeah. But I'm just like That's a little weird I think well, It's Go yeah. ahead No 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 I th- It goes back to what Dave was saying I think You know There's probably some experience there That's there, playing into that I don't think There was a big shift Or I want to I'll say it like that There was a big shift In my relationship With Julie uh, Probably about Five years Into our marriage Where I think I was going through a resource at that time that was like a values profile, like trying to really figure out what I, Dave Heiliger, value. Like what what are the core things that I make my decisions based off of? And I'd spent like months kind of exploring that and really boiling it down to three things at that time that I really prioritized as my core values. And Julie and I talked about it a lot and um, she was a, a part of the process of me exploring that. And then at the end, I was able to communicate, this is how I make my decision. These are, this is how I make my decisions. Um, it's based off of these things. And typically, if, I'm, uh, if I've got something, choose this or that, these three components will be at the root of what will draw me one way or the other. And that's not saying that that should always make the decision for me, but that's kind of the, yeah, that's- the story behind the story. After that, she started fighting for my values. So she knows that one of my values is adventure. Now, she might not want to go on that adventure, but she knew that that's what I wanted to do, right? So for Christmas, she bought me a plane ticket, you know, uh, you know across the other side of the United States. And she said, go away for 10 days, have a blast. Here's a friend that already said he wanted to go with you. See you later. Wow, that's awesome. And the amount of love that that communicated when she fought for my values and things that were important to me, when she was like, I don't want to do it, but I want you to do it because I know how much that means to you. Mm -hmm. That communicated a different level of love to me because she wasn't just trying to make me like her or... Not like her, like, make me like her more. But, like, she wasn't trying to make me look like her, act like her, make decisions like her. She recognized what was different about us. And then she poured fuel on the things that fueled me, which is really, really awesome. And so that happened probably wasn't until, like, five years into our marriage. That was after five years of dating that 
that shift started to happen. And I think every relationship goes through that where we want the other person to make decisions like we make decisions. And we want the other person to suffer when we suffer, even though that's kind of sick, right? Um, (laughs) Well, subconsciously anyway. Yeah. I mean, you you want that to be shared. And so it sounds like in that relationship, there's a sense of and again, this is with little information, where she isn't fighting for the things that would bring him uh, enjoyment or satisfaction or pleasure. You know, like, she's just... I feel really bad at just judging that. But she's focused on her. Not necessarily on what would what would fuel him. But I, I, I think I, I would say that... Although I... Although I didn't fully, I wasn't fully grasping it, understanding it, it made me love my friend even more. I was like, you, you know, as much as I want to party with with this guy, with my friend, he's really thoughtful. And, so, like that, and that's sweet. So you're almost saying that he was doing the flip side. I think, he, yeah. I he think was showing love. her yeah. love yeah. by fighting for something that she values. Yeah, I think so. it wouldn't be his. Because I, because yeah. I know her too. Like oh. I'm not I'm not just his friend. I'm their friend. And I know both of them. So I was like, she wouldn't she wouldn't be like, you stay with me. She's not that type of person. Okay. So I was like But that was kind of how we were feeling at the beginning a little bit. You set us up, you dirty dog. You're you're a dirty dog on three tier level. No, but you're right, you know, I was thinking about that as we were process verbally processing it, that, you know, Maybe she really does need him to yeah. be there to support her. Yeah. Maybe it's really hard, you know. Maybe she isn't coming by whatever she's working on naturally. Yeah. And, sure. and maybe, maybe he said, "I'm going to be there because I want you to get this thing done tonight, <laughs> yeah. so that we can do what we're going to do the next day." You know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she has a. Who know? Yeah. You know. Maybe she has a tendency to, you know, start watching Netflix or you know, painting her toenails and doing other stuff and maybe he's holding her accountable or, you know, there could be a whole entire host of things that that are happening. Hosts of things. I mean, not just a couple of hosts. Yeah. But, uh, they, they showed up anyway. And it was oh, did, they? did she get her work done? Did she get her work done? Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, everybody wins. Everybody won. Everybody wins. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. But yeah, I thought that that was like... So, so Dante, when you were talking about your wife, you know, sometimes saying you just go do that. Yeah. Would you say your wife's an introvert? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I know her. I just wanted to hear you say that. Mine is too. <laughs> and so I used to feel guilty sometimes when she would send me out, like, yeah. hey, you go do that, you know. I would, I would just feel guilty. Well, you know, because I have um, we have a special needs son, so leaving him at home with her, I would sometimes feel bad, but. Dave, when you were talking about doing that adventure thing, my wife did the same thing to me. When I was 40, she sent me to the Grand Canyon to hike the Grand Canyon with a buddy of mine, which was on my bucket list to do that. That's awesome. That was pretty cool. And then I came back and I found out while I was away, she like quadrupled the amount of insurance she had on me. <laughs> so, anyway. Was it, was it justified? Was the, the trip, you know... Yeah. Worth worth adding some extra. Life yes, insurance. I almost died on that trip. For 
real for real. Yeah. I remember you telling that story. Yeah. What? Wait, what happened? He like got extremely I, dehydrated. No, no, it was you didn't know it was, water? I, I had hyponatremia. That's right. Wait, I was right. guzzling. I I'm not smart enough to know that word. Basically, your you're flooding your body with water at the expense of you're drowning your basically you're drowning your body with water at the expense of not having any electrolytes to balance it out. Oh, yeah. no. And it, you, it, so you're drinking too it, much water. I drank too much water because I was afraid of being dehydrated. Right. It was 123 degrees down there. And it's not just a dry heat. I don't care what they say. When you when you burst into flames, when you walk into the sun, yeah. it, it's not a dry heat. It's just, it's it's hell hot. It's just you know? hot. It's hot. It's hot, hot, and hell hot. Yeah. So you were... In the in the canyon when this happened, yeah, like, yeah, I was almost at the base. My buddy who I was hiking with went down ahead of me, and uh, which leave my no wife ba- said, leave no ba- man behind. Right, my wife said, Thanks, I don't care what you guys do down there, but do not let him leave you. And she she told him <laughs> that too, and that's like what he did. So um, yeah, so we we hiked down from the north rim, so it's five thousand feet, you know, drop down into the basin there, and I got um, I was staggering, I was delirious. And this guy came kind of flying by me, and he was working down there uh, with the, the park system maintaining trails. And he got about 50 yards ahead of me, and turned around, and he came back, and he said, What are you drinking? And I said, Water. And he kind of goes, oh. And he opened up some electrolyte packets and poured it in. And I made it probably in another half hour, 45 minutes to our camp spot oh and I passed goodness. out for three hours. No. Just in the dirt with ants crawling all <laughs> over me and everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then I didn't know what had happened to me until, you know, we got out of the canyon. They're <laughs> like, dude, you could have wow. you, you could have died. You should have been life evacuated out of there. But anyway. Yeah. That's an adventure. That's it was an adventure. Yeah. Uh, right. A memorable bucket list check off yeah. uh, check off time. So are there other things uh, at the top of your bucket list right now? Yeah, actually, there are. Well, there's. these are the fun bucket lists, right? At some point, when I get the nerve up, um, I'd like to go to a comedy club and do an open mic at a comedy club. Yes. I, Dave and I have been daring each other for a couple of years well, now. Well, yeah. we should do that. We can peep each other. Oh, my goodness. Know? That would be perfect. When I preach, you know, I like to use humor. Yeah. But and you're, like... You, funny you get big laughs well i've been cutting that back you know and making sure i'm leveraging it for the right things um because in my head while i'm up there i am cutting and pasting so fast you know because i don't want the humor to be a distraction i want it to be something that lends itself to make the point and make something memorable but there's a lot of funny in my head still you know Uh so that's one thing another thing this is fresh i want to hike mount kilimanjaro it's, yeah. What's the elevation on that? 19,000 feet. Oh, wow. my gosh. So when I when I did Machu Picchu with Cody, my son, that uh, we flew into Cusco, and that was only 11,000 feet, or 14, so I can't remember. And we got altitude sickness then. But, I remember. But I, um, I met with the guys from World Vision a couple weeks ago, and they put these trips together. And, you know, you sponsor kids for, you know, clean drinking water. You get so many kids sponsored, and your trip is free. And you raise awareness for this, but um, wow. so I, I, 
haven't talked to my boss yet, and I, I hope he's not listening. I have talked to my wife. I guess she's the, the boss boss, right? Yeah. Uh, about maybe doing it, not this July, but next July. That's soon. Oh, so that may be something you cross off the list. Do you, yeah. do you have to train the whole year? That's no, no. You can start 14 weeks out. There's a, it's a rigorous training thing, but um, I think I can do it because I'm pretty active anyway, at least these last four months anyway. That's awesome. But I'm, I'm going to have to have some uh, medical treatment on my ankle before I get there. Maybe some surgery or something. I don't know. You want to go? I would love to go. I'm serious, man. I would love to. Yeah. Hike Mount Kilimanjaro. Yep. I'll cross that off the list. I didn't even know it was on my list. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on so you can cross it off. Right? That's slick. Yeah, the, the highest peak I've done is a 14er um, in Colorado, and that was really cool because so many of those are accessible. Like, yeah. it's not... Which one? Uh, Grays and Tories. It's right outside oh. of uh, Denver. So... It was a day hike. We didn't even have to camp overnight. And um, it was cool because it was probably June that I was there, but snow-capped yep, mountain. Yep. And I remember as we were kind of coming up the last ascent, my sister, Stacy, she's my adventure hero in all all uh, all fields. But we were walking up through the snow and her foot broke through the top. And she went down to her to her waist in snow. Wow. Oh my gosh. And her face like was like, oh no. And I was thinking, I have no clue what's underneath this snow. Like how like how secure is our footing? Yeah. And we just started digging and digging and digging like fast to get her out of there. But hiked the last bit. We got to see somebody else alpine ski down one of the other peaks and it was just a really cool experience. Dante, I think you should go with us. Yeah, I was going to say, I've been silent for the last few minutes because black people don't hike. Really. <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> that Blair Underwood video. Yeah, that's Blair show at Leadership U. Black hiker. Yeah, that's um, Yeah, that would be... That sounds like... Oh, but that's, a, a that's Tanzania, experience. baby. Go back to the motherland. Yeah, well, that's that. true. It is in Africa, so... <laughs> yeah, we know. can hop over to Kenya. Ah. Oh, yeah. Nairobi. That would be really cool. We can run over to, well, you don't just run over to Kruger, but catch oh, a man, safari it's so nice that's the That's where, remember when Jared and I told the story about getting chased by the elephant? Yeah. We were in the Mercedes. <laughs> yeah. Of that's, course. That, that, that combination of words just came out of your mouth. <laughs> and, remember and when must, we got chased by an elephant? I think the extremely Mercedes. frightening thing about being chased by an elephant is because it's such like a seemingly docile animal. So to be chased by one yeah. just adds another element of fear and terror to the whole thing. Well, you know, we, we were out there on the safari and we were in a Mercedes because they the rental company gave away our van to Well, Mercedes is like like huge over there now. Yeah, it's, it's like, yep, yep. It's, it's like kind of like Honda. It's like a Honda yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we didn't realize we had gotten in between mother elephant and her baby. Oh, I'll tell you, good. I'll tell you what, I am, I was looking in my rearview mirror and I had that pedal all the way to the ground. And you know, Jared's an introvert, right? Yeah. He screamed. Oh, no. Drive! <laughs> you know, like that, you know? And I just put that down and the dirt's kicking up. I look in my rearview mirror and that mama elephant is closing in. Oh, it's like, no. Ah, I can't yeah. imagine. It was crazy. Uh, and that did was the, the first... elephant slow down or did yeah, the car yeah. speed up? Yeah, once we got a... Once we, once we got a little bit away um, and saw that the baby was 
mama saw that the baby was safe. Yeah. 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 Jeez. And that was the first and only time Jared has ever yelled. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Might have yelled when Syracuse won the other night. I don't know. Like March Madness thing. Yeah, probably. Oh, my gosh. All right, so maybe you guys can help me out with this. I'm trying to enter into the psyche of a guy. A guy that is experiencing some balding. Now, Hello, I'm right here. I can hear you. It's <laughs> so one of the things that I've... This is big in uh, the lives of men. Yeah. The thought of going bald seems like seems to be this like terrifying thing to happen. And I don't know. I don't know all the psychological factors that go into it. Maybe it's a glimpse into your own mortality or the fear of aging, ultimately leading to death or whatever, mm-hmm. could be playing a part into it. Here's my question, though. Like, the guys that you see uh, that have gone mostly bald but still have the hair along the sides, Mm -hmm. talk me through that. I can't. Why? why? I can't. (laughs) What? what? Wouldn't you... I can't. Wouldn't you just, like... Wait, would you just it, knock it all off? I can't shave yes. it all off. You want to shave it, or can't they just have like a little bit of little bit of short hair, like kind a of rimming, kind of a thing, like rimming, a, rimming the 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 scalp? You're saying no hair is the only option if you're bald in. I'm saying he's not bald. No, I'm he's saying he's bald in. No, I'm saying like uh, mostly bald. Like they've got pattern baldness, where like you know, like like the main. Basically everything up top is gone, right? Maybe up, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe all the way down, all the way back. Yeah, and it's just got a ring around, like yeah. okay. From what the do you want? Like around. thick, lustrous hair is the only option. Some guys even ponytail the stuff back there, and there's yeah, nothing that's, up top. Yeah. Remember the Three Stooges? Remember Larry? Yeah. Yeah. Or like Hulk Hogan. He could rock that. Right. Hulk Hogan was, you know, famous for that, like that ring around the back. Okay, so the ring, I the ring, I don't get it, right? And I'll, I'll be there someday. I'm sure it will. Was your dad my, bald? My dad's pretty much bald now. Okay. Yeah. But the ring, I could almost go, okay, what I don't get is the little patch, just one patch in the front. Ooh. You know you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Bald, and then there's just one patch. The letterman? In the front, like... Kind of like where the unicorn horn came out, you know, someone cut yeah. that off. You know? Well, because I was thinking some guys would be self-conscious about their head shape. I know, I would You know, be. like some guys sure. have a weird shape. Mine's but at that point, you don't really have any any option if you're bald, if, you're, if you've got nothing up top. That's yeah. why you got to marry young, fellas. That's why you got to marry <laughs> lock, young, man. Lock them in. Lock them in. <laughs> like, you know, not everybody's like Bruce Willis or, you know. Samuel L. Jackson, Vin Diesel, Vin, yeah, Vin. Or, oh, yeah, or I'm the rock. going bald. If the I look rock, like Vin Diesel, the Rock, Wayne, I will bald right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just, I, yeah, it was like I see it all the time, and I'm like, I always pictured that, like, if I, if, if that, you know, if and when that happened to me, like, I would probably just go like, not shave it bald, like shiny Mr. Clean bald, but like, shave my hair super, super low, so that it's like, you see fuzz. You know, like it's okay. Like, so we're gonna but like put bald and fuzzy, but like not enough where it's like a couple of millimeters long. Like right. that's too much hair. Okay. You know. And now I I gonna, think we're gonna put this podcast in a time capsule. 
and then we're gonna pull it out when Dante's when Dante's hits the fall. fifth floor. Yeah. All right. Five zero. See, see what's up then. I feel like I'm a little bit detached from this conversation because my, so my dad has because my dad has so much like hair. this really thick head of hair, and I think my you grandfather would have started really thick. Now. Yeah, I think I'm. But you great. know, they say but, that that comes from the, the, the mother's the, side, though. The mother's ah, side of the family. So, yeah. hmm. so is your mother bald? <laughs> uh, I this is gonna, I don't want to get too dark. I, I when my mom had cancer, I got to shave her head. Oh, who got I'm who sorry, get man. no I who gets not to not re, not recently, uh, but who gets to say they got to shave their mom's head? Wait, who wants I, to say that? Right. So when my friends started to go bald, I remember them having a really hard time with it, and eventually. The only option is to shave, like to like come to grips with it. The ones that have like really settled is they shave their head, and yeah. they're like, "I'm going for it. This is me. I'm, I'm in. I'm, yeah. I'm bald." Yeah, because I, you know, it's. I, I would imagine that. Um, like, why wouldn't you have a hard time with it? You know what I mean? Like, of course you would. Um, but then also on the, you know, on the other side of that coin, it's like, you know, well, what can I do about it now? It's like, right. I'm going to frequency this thing so that it's like, actually, I see some guys that are, that have, have gone bald and like, they're like fashion marvels. They're like decked out and like, they got like cool glasses on and like, dude, they got the like a, dude that you know, you see the guys on that, Sunday. On Sunday. Oh, Royce. Oof. Oh, yeah. That he man is, owns it. That, that's a manly man there. He owns it. You know well, the guys that have gone too, bald? Man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know the guys that have gone bald, but they got like a full beard? Yeah. They're bald with the beard and like the cool hipster glasses. Uh-huh. I'm like, yo, I want to be bald like that. Yeah. You know? I think there's a way to... I. The way anybody looks good is that they just own their own look and not yeah. try to um, produce... An image that's not them. So, yeah, if people can do a lot with their weird, quirky, you know, aspects of how they look, I, I know we all have things that when we look in the mirror, we're like, oh, there's my quirk, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that's me. Like own own the awkward, own the quirk, because it's it's just you. And if you think. <laughs> Being bald is awkward or quirky or not normal. Like then it will feel that way. But once you realize that nope, it's it's you. It's normal. It's it's good. Then I think that's it takes people to a different stratosphere. Yeah. So moral of the story: be confident. That's it. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. Just own, be yourself, own, man. own own what you got because there's only yeah. one of you. That's mm. right. So I'm like, there's a Preach. better way to say it. But no, I think that was it. Uh, I wish I wish I were taller. You know. How, tall, I, I how get, tall are you? I'm five nine and a half. You know, so sometimes yeah. sometimes I lie. And Why say do you five, wish nine. you were taller? What's wrong with five nine and a half? Yeah, I just that's coming from a guy who's probably five six on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> who can who can jump so high that if you're really fast, you can. S- Slide a sheet of paper under me. <laughs> here's the why do you want to be taller? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I love I love who I am and who God created me to be. 
I teach, you know, I teach student. I, you know, I get to, I get the wonderful chance to speak to students a bunch, and I encourage them to be who they are. I get it, but if there's one thing I could change, I'd want to be taller because I just like the presence of a tall person. Like they come in to a room, and uh, it's just something, uh, something uh, assertive and confident about it. You know, and I like, you know, it, it's it's really shallow and stupid, but like I like when, you know, somebody tells you tells you a story about them meeting someone, and they're like, yeah, they were taller in person. Mm-hmm. That would be cool to have someone say that about me. <laughs> right. Although, like, everyone I meet is in person, so like, I don't even know when that would apply. But you know, like, just to be like, oh, you're taller than I thought. Right. <laughs> now I don't. Me being six one and three quarters, and never never been able to say 6'2 without I wish, a I wish I was, conscience. I wish I was 6'2 or 6'3. I, I, I don't like say oh Dante my short friend like short isn't something that defines you at all <laughs> in my mind you know like I that's probably if somebody were to say is Dante short I would never say yes to that like that's just not not even on the radar for me and I don't, don't think that's because I'm not observant it's just because there's it's not a defining characteristic at all. Thanks for saying that, man. Um, I think for me, my this is gonna sound weird. My torso is really short. <laughs> I'm three fourths uh, leg. Really, my hips and my nipples touch. Hey, okay? folks, welcome to Torso that's, Tuesday. That's me. David <laughs> so that's that's my weird quirk. Yeah, I'm gonna take a nap, guys. A, oh my I'm goodness! I have a small here. torso. That's yeah. so funny. That's my weird quirk. <laughs> In addition to others. Uh, yeah, I think all of us. Yeah, all of us have that self-image, self-worth, how we see ourselves when we look in the mirror, and what we want to change. Spend some time thinking about. Yeah, I I spend too much time thinking about that. Hey, Mitch, so we're going to wrap up by asking you, we ask all of our guests this question, and that is, what would you say is a defining moment in your life? A defining moment in my life. Yeah. If you need a second to think about it, we can chat about something. And it doesn't have to be the defining moment. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the defining moment. Because... Or I mean, if you know, if if you have one, that's fine too. But yeah, I mean, that's a weighted question. I know question. one of the first things I thought of, and by the way, we're probably going to need to stop for gas pretty quick here. Yeah. All right. Um, we got like four minutes left on this. Okay, thing. here's the deal. So like, I have many of them. You know, I could say meeting my wife, having my having yeah. my children, my sons. But <clears throat> when I um, made a decision to go back to to school, to graduate school, and the second class that I took, I did it in modules, so I would I would fly in to Chicago, take a class for a week, and then do all the post-class work, and then, you know, a few months later, I'd go take a second class. The second class I took in my master's degree program, I met David Anderson, Dr. David Andrew Anderson, and he was a church planner in Columbia, Maryland. I was living in the Cleveland, Ohio area in my hometown. And um, when I met him, I knew that God was going to do something in that relationship. I didn't know exactly what. And um, it really, 
that relationship created a friendship which created an avenue for me to live out some of my purposes and passions with regard to multicultural ministry, with regard to um, a church that um, had a sense of humor, with a church that was willing to do really whatever it took to reach people for Jesus. And so, you know, that was pretty huge. That was a defining moment meeting uh, Dr. Anderson, Pastor D.A. Did you know when it happened or is yeah, this kind yeah, of in actually, retrospect? I did. I did. Um, we were taking a class together and I'm a journaler. So I went back and that week I was journaling um, and I like people. So I meet people all the time and I don't think that I'm going to, um, you know, that God's GPSing my life together with somebody, you know, and I knew then, in fact, it kind of woke me up in the middle of the night, like, God, what do you want with this, with this new relationship? And so, yeah, three years later, packed up my family, moved to Columbia, and that was 21 years ago. Wow. Boom. One relationship. Yeah, look at that. And me and Dante get to benefit from that, that risk that you took of packing up your family and moving across the country. Like, that's, like, the fact that we get to serve in a church that you built and carry on in a ministry where you're building the legacy of it and laying the groundwork and going through hard times when nobody believed in you guys, um, me and Dante get to benefit from that and can't say thanks enough for things that you were never never asking for a thank you for. Um, we, We get a chance to... Uh, learn and grow and, and take advantage of opportunities that you didn't have. Well, you know, I can qualify all that kind of stuff, but uh, thank you for thanking me. And I'm really excited to be on this road trip with you guys, um, going back to a place that God spoke to my heart quite a bit when I was in undergrad here up in the Scranton, Pennsylvania area. And I love you guys both and uh, appreciate as brothers and also colleagues in ministry. And thanks for letting me sit in. Yeah. Not that I had a choice. <laughs> in the back seat. Uh, love oh, you too. We love and you too. Thanks so much. Dave, do it. Adios.